This is Jonathan with the Strategic Multifamily Investing Podcast that I have with me today, JT Litch. Uh, just before we hit record, we were just talking about the uh, the flag that's waving in the background there with him uh, of Texas Tech. So talk to us about te Texas Tech. What, how, how are you connected to that school? So um, I went to Texas Tech. Uh, that's where I met my wife. Um, it's the home of the Red Raiders and Patrick Mahomes, Wes Welker, Michael Crabtree. Um, and actually our basketball team is great now. We are at the national championship a couple years ago. Um, but yeah, you were asking earlier, I it was studying um, exercise and sports science there. Okay. The plan was to uh, go into a physical therapy program after that. It's a three-year, um, almost doctorate degree. Uh, but I graduated in 2008 with my undergrad. And the economy just was not good uh, at the time. And I told myself, there's no guarantee I'll get a job even if I go three years and then I'll have even more debt. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, ended up testing the waters and moving back to North Texas, um, where, where I'm from originally, and uh, end up in sales. And the rest is history. I, I never thought I would be any good at sales at all. Um, but, but, you know, it turns out that that's kind of my niche. Um, I started uh, as a sales manager for um, a few companies doing door-to-door -door sales. Okay. And let me tell you, if you can do door-to-door -door sales, you can sell <laughs> yeah. anything. It's, yeah. yeah. It's so a, I think uh, as a lessons learned for those who are listening, um, especially if you're younger or just out of school, you know, there, most of us who've gotten degrees in our respective fields do nothing <laughs> as it relates to the degrees that we have. If anything, the degrees, hopefully college teaches you what, uh, how to learn, not necessarily what sure. to learn. You know? Sure. I, I think the biggest thing, um, it teaches you, you know, there's, there's a big movement out there for people that are saying, oh, college, you know, it's not worth it. Why don't you right. just go to a trade school or whatever? Right. And you spend all this money and you don't even use it. The biggest thing that it taught me was um, self-discipline, right? Okay. Um, when you go in, you think, oh, I'm an adult and I know what's going on. You don't know anything. You're a kid, you know, but now right. you have to discipline yourself to go to class and to study. Um, and then uh, also simple things like learning how to study, learning how to take tests. Exactly. Um, a lot of these uh, insurance exams that we have to do, they're pretty hardcore. Uh, you have to learn a whole lot of um, information in a short period of time. And right. the test is pretty rigorous. If you don't have those test taking skills, it's just going to be even harder for you. Um, I've learned, yeah, I, I used to teach uh, at a for-profit uh, college in okay. the D.C. area for a little time. And I saw a lot of, um, you know, people, students come in, excuse me, it was kind of grade 13. Yeah. You know, um, uh, and it really shocked me and hit me, hit me uh, really hard that either... Our education system is broken or there's a different class of student that's coming um, because they, you know, at that time, it's, it's been a couple of years since I taught. Uh, we had three by five uh, floppy, floppy drive. Oh, yeah, okay, all right. So you're dating yourself now, yeah. Yeah, I am dating myself. It's been a little while. <laughs> and uh, they were asking me to hold on to their floppy disk. And I'm like, what? Oh, you're an adult, right? Yeah. 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 But you're Holding their hands, huh? Yeah, and I said, no, they're, they're yours. You can, you can keep them. Well, I don't know, have anywhere to put them. Well, responsibility is going to be something that you're going to sure. learn. Sure. You know, definitely being a part of, uh, you know, going to college. Because, yeah. you know, learning to study, that means you got to get up. 
you know, you've right. got to manage, you've got to do a bunch of those different things. And that's what you learn. And those yeah. things helped you do some uh, door to door sales. I mean, did you, did you enjoy door to door sales or was that, um, one of the things you had to, there, there's a lot of it that was actually really, um, enjoying, um, I, I really like talking with people. Okay. And so there's a lot of nasty people out there. Um, sure. So you, you want to stay away from them, but, um, there's a lot of people out there that, um, just love talking with you and having conversations that I would get, um, caught up sometimes. And we're not talking about anything. I came here to sell you. We were just talking right. about life and you'd be surprised how many people are out there. Um, grandmothers that are living on their own and they don't talk to anybody all day and they're just begging for <laughs> anything, you know, and sometimes you got to like, okay, I, I got to get going. You yeah, know, I've been sitting here for an hour. Yeah. Thank you for the tea, but I got to go. Um, but it was really neat just learning how to read uh, situations. I mean, you can, you can almost tell somebody's personality and how they're going to be just by walking up to their house. Mm. Um, I also oh, love okay, 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 pause, pause, pause. How, how so? How can you tell by walking up to their house? What, what well, think it about it. Um, you walk up to somebody's house and there's, it's, it's an older home, maybe the paint's not so great, and there's garden gnomes everywhere. Um, you know that this person's probably a little bit older, they might live on their own. Uh, you know that they're gonna have usually a little bit more patience with you. Um, you know, if there's, a minivan in the driveway that they may be scared to come out and maybe only talk to you through the door, which is perfectly fine versus you go to someone else's house and they've got a jacked up F two fifty, a USMC sticker on it, you know, uh, has a sign that says we don't call nine one one here. We just, <laughs> you know, there's a difference and how you approach that. Um, both, both, all cases are doesn't mean that they're not going to talk to you or buy from you, but there's a different kind of way that you would want to approach each of them. And just using those cues, imagine the cues you can take from now meeting the person without seeing the outside of their house. Yeah. Uh, then you, you kind of change your tone a little bit and um, are able to connect with them a little bit more. And sales is, is just that it's connecting and, and showing them how, whatever your product is can help their situation, whatever that might be. And so exactly. as, as, as soon as you can gather that information, the better off you are. That's good. Now yeah. does this uh, transfer virtually and, and we'll get around to our topic for those. Who are okay. I think this is really good information because it really um, tells you the quality and, and the reason why I brought JT on and I'll talk about that in a second, but does that, kind of garden gnome thing translate virtually. <laughs> I mean, what do you do when you're approaching, say, a cold a cold call or warm lead, you know, someone that you've been introduced to or whatever? How how does that how do you discern what type so of person? It's a little, so if you're doing it over the phone, it's a little bit more difficult to um, to figure some of those things out. Now if you're on a Zoom meeting, now that's a little bit easier. Now you have a white background. Uh, however, I've talked to plenty of business owners and, you know, looking in their background, I see a football helmet or a flag flying. Um, I'm luckily uh, very interested in any sport that, that has a ball, you know, and a hoop or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I, I know the news that's out there and, and can pretty much connect with everybody that, um, that I see a sports team is. And, you know, that's another thing about college is it gives you um, a, a sense of um, community 
Yeah. Um, whether your football team's good or not, or, or whatever you like best, it doesn't matter. It's a sense of community. It gives you something to, um, to root for and, and a, and a conversation, um, to be had and not just with people in, in that community, but what about the big 12? What about the S, you know, it, it, it brings people together and it lets us talk about something more than just the weather. Right. And so, exactly. um, Exactly. Breaking down some of those barriers, uh, however, however, whatever they are, um, using any means necessary, sports is definitely a great way to do it. That's um, good. Well, when I was a sales manager, I told all my reps, I don't, I don't care if you don't like football or whatever, but these people have their flags flying out in their yard. They're proud of it. You better learn about the different team, at least know a little bit about what's going on so that you can connect with them easier. So, yeah listen to sports center an hour a night just to know what's going on so you can talk to them about it so exactly um that's i guess that's a learning moment for me because i am not really yeah. uh, basketball football whatever i mean i will watch them i know how yeah. you know games are played or whatever i never played them but yeah um, but i do you know know some of the very high 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 highlight uh, yeah. type items well uh, and then on. nowadays since the last, past six months there's nothing really to talk about so exactly. yeah Exactly. Even playing field now. Yeah, for me, it's been uh, most recently. Uh, I've started getting into soccer. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, pl you know, watching the game and yeah, you're uh, European, like Bundesliga or or MLS. Um, yeah, just MLS. Um, you know, I was in the Washington D.C. area for a while, so of course, you know, the Was you know Washington's team. So yeah. Um, I, and I went to maybe two or three different games, and oh, I was good. shocked that I actually went. Uh, uh, and I actually enjoyed the game. Got a nice little scarf and everything. So yeah, uh, hey, I'm I'm out there. Know some of the the chants and stuff. It was it was pretty yeah. good. They were trying to get me to buy season tickets. I was like, ah. <laughs> right. No, I haven't been to a game yeah. in a long time. But uh, me and my wife are huge uh, soccer fans. We watch you know the Olympics and uh, World Cup and everything every year, uh, men's and women's. We have oh, a local okay. team here. Oh, the um, women's soccer team is amazing. Oh, um, they're amazing. Uh, very. Now, this is a fact that I just found out. Serena Williams and a bunch of other uh, female athletes have put together a um, uh, a fund to buy and start a uh, soccer yeah. team in L.A. See? I saw that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I mean, talk about trying to equalize the pay for men and women. It, it starts there, giving more opportunities. However... The other biggest thing is um, you got to market it well. If people oh. don't know about it and, and don't go, then it's not going to work. Um, the team yeah. that they have, I am sure <laughs> that it will be marketed well. I think Serena has even bought uh, a share or two for her daughter. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's going to be that, you know, that speaks to the longevity they, they plan to have with that team yeah. and the marketing, which is going to yeah. be excellent. I so, respect Serena a lot. She's done right. um, a lot of great things for her community. And uh, most recently, she came out with some um, some quotes. Uh, I, I thought it was great given the, the climate today. Oh, I haven't Just trying that. to pull people together. Um, you know, it, it seems like everyone's just getting farther and farther away from each other. And, and she's, to sum it up, basically, she said, you can like this, I can like that. It's right. okay to disagree and we can still be friends. What, what happened to that? You know, so Absolutely. I think we all need to get back to that point. Yeah. I think that that is uh, something that I think we all need to learn a little bit better during this time. Um, but, but at the same time, be sensitive enough to, to understand mm -hmm. why, you know, some right. of the, 
you know, because I think, it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, well, I won't get into that. Because <laughs> I can go all day. I can talk. I can talk. Yeah. I, I, when I was in college, uh, you know, teaching in that college, we had uh, classes that lasted for three, four hours. So mm -hmm. you had to go. And uh, uh, th those are those Tuesday, Thursday classes. You're like, oh, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> you, you graduate college and then you start regular work life, eight to five or whatever it is. And you're thinking, Man, I used to dread an hour-long class. Like oh, exactly, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm here about, ah. yeah, yeah. But but it, you know, the key is is the, to like what you're into, and yeah. you know, I know a vast majority of us are are not necessarily into, you know, sure. careers that we like. And you know, for me, real estate has been one of those things that you know, um, as I find my my niche as I'm working through that, like analyzing deals or yeah. you know, those things are you know kind of fun. You know, I put yeah. on some background and I'm, you know, digging in deep or whatever, and I can sure. tell a story, do a quick video, send it out to people. Yeah. It's that's uh that's a, by the way, somebody, that's another tip. Um, but go ahead. Uh-huh. But yeah, it, it's like a puzzle. I, I'm with you. Um, I like tinkering with things and, and it's every, every different property is a different challenge. Um, and, and yeah, I, I'm with you. It, it's a puzzle that you get to figure out together. And, uh, uh, yeah, I like it. And, and, and it, Real estate also brings people together like no other. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, yeah. you cannot do it alone. You have to network. And there's so many awesome resources for lawyers, CPAs, uh, yeah. cost segregation. Um, you know, we were talking yesterday about a gentleman that uh, I met that's, he's just looking for some help uh, just to get to that next step. And I thought of you um, and, you know, he's, he's pumped. He, he is now <laughs> pumped to, to take it to that next level, which yeah. is awesome. And um, you know, I, I, I love what I do and I like um, being able to help you and other owners uh, to try to get the best rates on insurance and coverage. But I, that's more exactly than that, what I, I was about to give to. Let's talk about, you know, who you are, what you're into. We we know you're from, you know, North Texas. You went yeah. to Texas Tech. You like sports. Um, so that's good. So we're related now, you know, in some sort of way. And the reason why I wanted to bring you on, um, JT, is because I've mentioned in a couple of previous podcasts that, you know, um, it, you know, yes, talk to brokers and things mm -hmm. of that sort, but there may be also key vendors in the team that you're building that may right. bring you deals. This is one. <laughs> you want to get in contact with, uh, with JT because he's brought uh, to me some, some, uh, some deals that we've looked at. Um, not all, you know, fitting exactly where we want to be, but again, you know, it takes time. Yeah. It takes the numbers to go through. And I want to say thank you for that. And so you oh, are... Yeah come in commercial insurance. How did you land there? Uh, why do you like it? What's the name of your company? Go for it. All right, so we are Ramey King Insurance. We're based out of uh, DFW. Uh, we do service the entire nation. Um, so if you've got a property you know, in, in Washington State, we can help you out there. Um, we are a brokerage. And so if you don't know what that is, basically what we do is we're not like a state farm where we have one product that that's all you can choose from. What we're going to do is go out to the market and shop multiple carriers to find you the best option. Um, the best option is not always this carrier, depending on you, where you are geographically, uh, the age of the apartment, um, the number of units, you know, a lot of different things goes into it to decide which carrier would be best. We're usually going to go to, all of them that we can anyways, but we kind of know which carriers like this and that. Mm -hmm. um, I got into this. So like I said, I was in door to door sales for a long time, um, doing very well at it. Um, 
I, I have a knack for helping people learn different sales techniques. Um, and I love helping and giving back. Go ahead. I said, that's key. That's key. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. because I, no, no. I always talk about making sure that you find people who are, who have the heart of a teacher that Dave Ramsey says. Sure, and, sure. And that's, that's, that's JT, but go ahead. Right. So I, um, doing that for a while, I have a six year old and, and I'm married for nine years. Um, the hours in that position, um, are, are very unique and you be, they're unique because you have to be out when people are home. If you're working eight to five, well, everybody's getting home at five when you're off of work. It doesn't really help. So our hours were usually later in the day, uh, worked a lot of weekends and I, I was just away from my family too much, you know, and, uh, one thing that's been great about this quarantine is really realizing how much I love my family and, and how much I, I really do appreciate being around them. And I have fun with them. And my son's at an age now where we have fun together. We play together. We play outside. Um, we even play video games together. Uh, he's kicking my butt now at uh, Madden. So, Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Man. Yeah. So, um, and he actually likes me still. So that's a huge plus. Um, <laughs> So I, I want to take advantage of that as much as possible. Um, I decided to switch industries, uh, even though, you know, financially it didn't sound like a great idea. Um, I had a neighbor that was going into insurance and I started out in personal lines, um, which the, it's a tough, tough market um, to, to reach out. And I felt like I was bugging everybody uh, for their, their home and auto. Um, but I was doing well at it. I was trying to purchase a franchise of my own. And I basically was 90% sure this was going to happen and pretty excited about it. And then I had a meeting um, and the numbers just didn't add up. And I was super depressed about it. Um, I, I just wanted to go home and, and go to bed and not even think about anything else. But that night I had a networking event uh, at a local brewery here uh, with, a, with a bunch of realtors. And I told myself, well, I told everyone I was going to go. It's going to be an hour. It's terrible. You're going to drink a beer and then you're going to go home and then be depressed, right? right? That's well, right. That's right. the funny thing is, as I go there, I sit down and a gentleman sits next to me and that's my future boss, my boss right now. Uh, he's in insurance. We just started talking and uh, hit it off. And he basically said, we got a position I think you'd be great at. Um, I'd like to talk to you further. You know, give me a call. And I, and I share that story all the time because it just shows you no matter what you've gone through, right. and just get up and go. You, you never know what opportunities you're going to miss out on because you didn't go. And right. what's the worst that could come from it? You went and had a bad time. Well, well you know, um, go. You'll never know who you'll meet, what kind yeah. of opportunities are there. Um, I'm, uh, I'm a big believer in uh, God shows you signs he's not necessarily going to provide for you everything you need right at the you know the foot of the table for you but um but he will show you signs and you got to be open-minded enough to to recognize those signs and when they're there and take advantage of it too and so for everybody that's out there struggling look for these signs and look for these opportunities and don't pass up on it because you never know what you're going to miss out on and now i'm in an industry that i love um, I love real estate. My family has several rent houses um, going all the way back some, into college. And so that's, that's really fascinated me. Um, and to be even in a bigger scope and multifamily, it, it's just 
amp that up even more. So do you um, only do multifamily uh, insurance or do you have other insurance categories that uh, your company does? Yeah, it's a good question. We're a full service brokerage, so we can insure anything. Uh, we oh, do have so a do personal line. Well? Mm -hmm. We do have a personal line department. There you go. So um, we've got, you know, home, auto, all that. Um, I specialize in multifamily, but also um, contractors as well, equipment dealers, um, you name it, we, we can do it all. And so that, that's the great thing uh, about this industry and my company. You know, when, when quarantine happened, um, we can work from home. Uh, it's challenging with a six-year-old there who's also in school, but at least, you know, I still have a job. Uh, real estate slowed down a little bit just because people were unsure of what uh, was going to happen. But I've, I've got other industries that that I work with. So right. to me, so you're not you're not necessarily locked in right now. Yeah, um, exactly. I want to ask you the crystal ball question and I want to mm -hmm. get down to some some real nitty gritty insurance. Uh, type uh, OK, <laughs> but let's 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 look into the crystal ball right now. You know, when we're recording this, uh, we're still in the middle of COVID. Right. We're about four mm -hmm. and a half, five months in the COVID right about now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so when this airs, it'll probably be a year from 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 the time that we have this. Okay. We've been recording um, once a month and um, hopefully we might wind up having to shift these a little bit, a little bit sooner. But mm -hmm. right now um, it may be an air a year before this airs. But what do you see happening in the, in the next coming months or as far as you can see in your crystal ball with with in relation to, say, multifamily and then in relation to, say, multifamily and insurance? Yeah. So with multifamily, um, we've already seen a huge uptick in, in um, investors going out to look for certain properties um, already again. Uh, you know, earlier this year and late last year, it was just crazy. Um, yeah. we, we, we attend, we were attending probably three or four networking events a week. Um, we're really involved with uh, Lifestyles Unlimited. I don't know if you Y'all are familiar with that or uh, Brad Sumrock's event. And, and basically what it does is it brings investors together and it's a teaching um, area for new investors. Um, they're introduced to lead syndicators as well as uh, vendors as like myself. Um, and so that, that was going huge. And then everything just kind of stalled because no one knew what was going to happen. Right. right now we're seeing that uptick again. And I think okay. what's happening is, people are realizing that the economy's still pretty steady. And uh, last I looked, I think the NASDAQ was up the highest it's ever been, uh, maybe yesterday. And so they're realizing that there's still opportunities out there. And a lot of these old property owners, they're going, I'm just gonna get out now. You know, I, I, I've been in it long enough, you know, make call me. money. Call, call me, please yeah, call me. Exactly. <laughs> and so there's a lot of opportunities out there. Um, and I think people are just trying to take advantage of it. Uh, one of my uh, mentors, investor mentors, he told me that uh, the the most success he's had is when everyone was scared to do something, right? And so the people that are kind of coming in and riding coattails of, uh, of the the heroes, if you will, that that initially started in these investments, you know, they're making some money, but not as near as much as uh, the people that took the risk at first. And I right. think a lot of the lead syndicators and, and the people that are real serious about it, they're noticing that this is an opportunity where everybody's scared and this is when I need to jump on it because there are some good deals out there. Um, as yeah. far as what's going to happen in the future, you know, 
it, it depends. I, I think it depends a lot on what happens with the Heroes Act. Um, that Is that did the, pass, that's the add-on? That's the add-on now. Yeah, it's the stimulus. new okay. the new stimulus package that's uh, it just got released from the House and now it's on the the desk of the Senate. Okay. Um, there's pieces in there, and I was on a webinar last night with a um, with an attorney, and he kind of broke down. It, it was awesome. It, it's a you know it's a 1900 page report, and he summarized it in nine slides basically. Um, and I can share that with you as soon as he sends it um, over to me. Um, but there's a lot of pieces in there, unfortunately, that don't necessarily help immediately. Um, you know, the, the people that have lost their jobs, um, th there's stuff in there that it's like, why did you throw that in there? What were you know, one of them is, let me think of one that was just kind of ridiculous. Um, it's it's an agenda right um okay. it's it's a political agenda it seems like and they're trying to sneak some stuff by that really doesn't have any weight to do with well this uh, is an election year so i can yeah. both sides wanting yeah. to ensure that their bases are are covered right. moving forward so right and one of the things that's uh, a little scary uh, for property owners is there's a uh, what's in there is a 12-month moratorium uh, which basically states that you can't evict anybody for 12 months, no matter what. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of bad people out there that are going to take that to mean, oh, I don't have to pay rent for 12 months and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. Um, I don't see that passing. Yeah. I had a, yeah. I had a, um, uh, another associate. We were actually going to do a podcast. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, uh, earlier this week, we had to reschedule, but uh, he he has a fund or a group of investors, pretty much more or less on the on the retail on the residential side. Mm -hmm. However, he is doing some small commercial with them, um, and he's saying that a lot of people. He had a, a property that was on one of the the major beaches, and he says he's no longer renting that property. Mm -hmm. um, I think he was saying that. Yeah, he was he he or somebody that he knew. I think it was somebody he knew was no longer going to rent that property because they were concerned that people were going to kind of scrounge up whatever it was to get into the property and then not pay for an entire year. Yeah. And so there are there are a group of investors who are concerned about that and are no longer going to be renting very soon because as as a result of that. Um, sure. So okay, I didn't know that that was in this bill. Yeah. Well, um, and and like I said, the, the, some of the other stuff in the bill was um, like uh, being able to vote without uh, any registration or even use your social, uh, even being able to vote, but have someone bring your vote from your house to the polling booth, um, which would be great. You know, you, you're, you're handicapped. Uh, you can't make it out there. You, you're, you're scared because of coronavirus. So you, you, you're finding a way to go vote. So I see the good intentions of it. However, there's just so much room for voter fraud um, with that. And it's, you know, I, I, th I think that the stimulus package, if you really want to stimulate the economy, should have mainly just incentives for people maybe that lost their jobs or uh, for renters and not this other stuff that really doesn't have anything to do with that. But you're right, it is an election think, year. So. Yeah, and, and, the, and the same thing I, we could probably say for uh, TPP. I think that's what it was. Uh, is that what it was? The, uh, the package back in 2016, 2015, oh, okay. you know, before uh, that election. Actually, it was a 2008. The, the, when we were rescuing the banks, 
and things mm -hmm. that my apologies my brain is is drawing blank now but there are all of us you know with uh, yeah well but most of the most of the packages that i've learned you know and if you look at the bills there are a lot of writers that mm -hmm. are attached to them um yeah that again for whatever positive or negative things you know there that's that's kind of if you will how the sausage is made yeah. um, out there so with respect to insurance i mean is there you know COVID 19 insurance for multifamily? is there you know you know yeah. are, is the in, insurance industry being impacted you know because there are claims because mm -hmm. of whatever reasons related to the coronavirus uh, and or the economic economic loss that we've been been seeing right uh, it's a great question um and it's something when all this first started that everyone was um, wondering you know do i have coverage uh the answer is no right now the it, it is not covered um you would think oh maybe loss of rents would be covered because they can't pay because they lost their job due to this pandemic uh, unfortunately that's not it would be one thing if there was a, a breakout of, I don't know, smallpox in this entire apartment and it just affected that apartment. And then there was one instance where uh, some outside source brought that in and affected all your tenants. You know, that that would be one thing that would be covered. But as far as globally, it's, it's not considered one event for that specific um, complex. And it's only affecting a certain percentage of your tenants and not all of them. So it, it's not covered as of yet. Uh, it will be interesting to see, though, if there is some sort of government or state mandated um, um, things to be put into insurance to have that. Um, I was going to say, is there a COVID-19 insurance rider or something sure. being talked about or, you know, is yeah. that gonna, something else? It, that it, it, yeah. Right now, I haven't seen any okay. uh, for real estate. It'll be interesting if there will be um, that option. However, uh, it will it will cost you you know it'll cost you extra premium and then you've got to weigh those options it's kind of like um the tria coverage or terrorist coverage after 9 11 now yeah. they offered this terrorist coverage yeah which there's a lot of different circumstances that have to happen before that even gets kicked in yeah. uh so a lot of property owners we know we offer it a lot of property owners um it's actually 50 50. a lot of a lot choose to do it a lot choose not to uh it's, it's fairly inexpensive which helps, you know, we're talking, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks a year for it, not uh, maybe even less. So, you know, a lot of people do it just because it's cheap. Um, but it's, it's similar to that. I, I imagine if they were to add something, then you would have a choice if you wanted to add this. But, you know, the, nothing like this has happened before. Right. Uh, so to, to have something there in place, it's, yeah, it's just that doesn't exist right now. So, so we're, we're having, you know, it seem, seems and I, I could be very wrong about this. And you could tell me whether or not this is actually true statistically, a lot more events, you know, natural disaster events where there's, you know, really bad thunderstorms or yeah. hurricanes or floods or tornadoes um, that are impacting, you know, multifamily. Are you seeing an uptick in that? And how is that affecting, you know, so the rates and or additional riders that one can take on? Right. Um, I get asked often, you know, why, why are uh, insurance rates going up so much in, uh, yeah. in commercial real estate? And it's, it's true. They're, they're up, especially in coastal areas um, or the, uh, you know, tornado alley where there's a lot of hail. Uh, in DFW, most of the um, the reasons behind the rate increases due to hail, um, and it, and it's simple. It, it's claims. Um, 
you know, I, I know a lot of people have uh, bad feelings towards insurance and, oh, they're stealing my money. Well, the fact is they do pay out claims all the time. Um, and, you know, in DFW, you can expect baseball size hail in different thunderstorms. Man, um, I'm going to say five times a year, you know, and they come through one area. And the other issue is there's, there's only so few carriers that will write for multifamily properties. Okay. And so since there's, you know, we'll, we'll use a dozen, there's, there's more than that, but let's say if there's only a dozen, well, now they're all sharing that risk from these storms that come through. Uh, one carrier might be writing a thousand different properties here in DFW and they all get hit by the same storm. That's a lot of claims to pay out. You know, they've got a pool of money to make these claims uh, to make sure to be able to pay out. When that pool is depleted, the only way to get that pool back to where it needs to be is uh, by raising rates. And certainly in coastal areas, it's even harder. Um, after Harvey, there were areas where uh, low-lying areas that weren't in a floodplain, but did get flood damage. Um, and so now we're seeing um, a lot of lenders even um, and carriers suggest that even though you're not in a flood area uh, to get, flood, get flood insurance. insurance. Yeah, I agree. So there's a difference between water damage and flood insurance because flood is the water comes from the bottom up yep. versus rain or whatever damages from, from top yeah. down. It would have to be from, from outside the apartment to come in and, and cause your, your flood. Um, there's, so the, there's other coverages for like a broken pipe and things like that that are pretty standard. Um, right. But yeah, it, and, and, and actually a flood, I believe it has to affect an acre worth of land for, for multifamily. So wow. even though you have a flood and it comes in and damages a building, if it's not actually large enough, then it may not be considered flood. So um, then do you require or suggest that um, operators require their apartment owners uh, or renters to have uh, renter's insurance? Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Renter's insurance is huge. Um, we're seeing more and more landlords require it. Um, before, that was kind of a taboo uh, to try to force someone to have renter's coverage. But no, you, you want all your, your tenants to have renter's coverage. We do have a program that um, is designed to cover all the tenants that you have, uh, and then you're in control of that policy. So I think it costs $6 a unit, um, okay. but you can charge you know $12. Uh, increase the rents by $12 so your tenants to pay for it. And what that does is you're in control of it. Um, if you say you can only rent this property if you have uh, renter's insurance, well, then they could come in, show you proof of insurance, and then cancel it the next day, and you would have no idea. And the the main point of having it and having your renters have it is, first of all, if, if something gets stolen, they want to be able to recoup their property, right? But second of all, a lot of the... Um, accidents and things that occur at an apartment complex would be maybe a small kitchen fire, right? right. That only affects one unit. Right. You don't want to pay your $10,000 deductible for the whole complex or sometimes even higher to fix some of these shelves that were damaged by this fire. So then at that point, who is, who is responsible for paying? Is that your tenant responsible? Yeah, the, the tenant would pay their $100 deductible on their renter's insurance, and then they, okay. they, would, they would get it fixed at that time. And that's the huge advantage of, of having that. Um, another okay. workaround to make sure that everyone is insured uh, and has renter's insurance is you as a property owner tell them, I want to be added as a named insured to your, um, to your policy. And what that does is if they make any changes 
or cancel it, you were notified along with the insured because you were named insured. And usually that's the easiest way to, um, to kind of get around it and make sure that everyone's protected. Um, so basically you're sending out a notification to all of the, the, the tenants and saying, hey, we're now, you know, we've got a new insurance policy. We're now requiring you to have renter's insurance and please show us proof of renter's insurance. Please make sure that we're named as a, um, not beneficiary, but. What is uh, an, an added, you're added as a named insured. A named insurer. Mm-hmm. And then that way, if it gets canceled, you get notified and then you yep. can go and say, remember, there's a requirement now that you have renter's insurance. You know, please, yeah. 30 days, let us know you're going to get this done or whatever. Right. And I, I've seen some property owners do it like that, kind of a blanket statement to everybody. And I've seen Perfect. some that, no, they added as a requirement for new tenants. And I guess okay. there's advantages and disadvantages to both. There you um, go. But it's before, like I said, it was really taboo and you'd be afraid to uh, lose renters or not be able to acquire new ones because of it. But now it's it's very common now. And so as a landlord, I wouldn't be afraid to implement that at all. Um, and I would have that as a standard operating procedure for sure. It's yeah. going to save you a ton of money. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really inexpensive, um, depending on the uh, tenant's credit uh, and the their property that they have, which usually isn't a lot. You know, they don't have a whole 3,000 square foot house full of stuff. Uh, right. So it's, re- it's really, really inexpensive for them. Really it's a couple, it's, about a hundred or so, a couple hundred dollars a year for yeah. rents, I think it is. Right. And, and, and think of it less as a burden that you're putting on them. You know, right. some of these families we see, um, and man, they're struggling. Don't think of it as a burden. Think of it as a teaching tool for them and, and teaching them how important that is to have their materials covered um, because it is a lot of people just don't know about renter's insurance, believe it or not. So, you know? so here is, here is something that we see, you know, from time to time, you know, especially on the news, you know, and there was an apartment fire mm-hmm. and, you know, there were, you know, five or so families that were displaced. Well, they had renter's insurance, right. Mm-hmm. And the hundred dollar deductible is paid. Um, and, you know, you, if you're, if you're a, a passionate landlord, you could say, you know, we're, we'll pay that, you know, it's 500 bucks, you know, a hundred dollars for each family or whatever. And now, that family can, you know, have the money to be able to have a new start. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the carriers are going to, um, the whole idea behind insurance is to make that family whole. So whatever they lost, they're trying to replace it. Um, so say they lost a 60 inch TV. They're trying to find that exact model and, and give it to them to make them whole. If they can't find it, then they'll find a model year newer and get that to them. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, going a little bit above and beyond for your tenants uh, bodes well. And, and if we're talking about worry, you're worried about tenants uh, not paying rent, it's really going to affect these landlords or slumlords that um, really aren't helping their community right. at all. But the people that have a great relationship with their tenants, um, they're going to, you know, more than likely want to be able to pay rent because they, they have a relationship with you. Um, if they can pay, you know, they're, they're going to want to do the right thing usually. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing that I do want to mention that I learned last night from oh. a seasoned operator, they were talking about tenants uh, that just won't leave, right? And there's, there's a lot of legal litigation that you can go through uh, to try to get them out of there. Uh, now, during this COVID crisis, there's not many, 
there's not many judges that are going to back you by evicting right. someone right now. There's a lot of court systems that are not even hearing, right. you know, uh, evictions at this present time. But right. go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. However, a good way to get someone out, pay them 500 bucks to leave. Cash for keys. Cash for keys. Cash um, for keys. And, and, you know, you, you're thinking, gosh, I need 10 people out or 500. You know, that's a lot of money. Well, if they're staying in your apartment complex for three months and not leaving, that's a lot of lost rent. And so you can recoup that pretty quick. Cash for keys is, yeah. it's just thinking outside the box. It's, um, it's, it's cutting your losses. Sometimes you got to swallow your pride, even, even though, you know. It's a sunk cost. It's a sunk yeah, cost. yeah. And, you, you, you know, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, this isn't right. What, who cares? In the end, in the end of the day, you want them out of there. That's a really easy way to get them out of there. And, and they can be someone else's problem. Um, 500 bucks goes a long way for people that are, you know trying to play the system, usually that's, uh, that's a good way to, to get people out if you need them. There's a lot there. Um, I've got some more questions related to um, even applying for insurance. I, I talked with you and I was talking to another broker. This is when I first kind of started. And, you know, there was a concern um, because you mentioned you're a broker. So mm -hmm. you go to multiple different sources. You don't have just one source. Yep. And so was this other person. And it was, you know, be careful if you shop around, you know, trying to get insurance because, you know, to raise a red flag or something. And, we, you know, kind of like, I guess, almost like mortgage kind of things. You have a mortgage broker and then you've got a couple mortgage brokers. You're, you know, you do too many um, pulls on your credit. You know, it can yeah. affect credit score is that is that true and can you tell us about what what that meant you know just so, so there's there's a couple different um kind of pieces to that mm -hmm. first of all if you're if you're shopping for insurance and a lot of people don't realize this you and you go to me right mm -hmm. i'm going to go out to as many carriers as possible right off the bat and let them know hey we are looking to write park avenue um and what that does is that locks up that carrier, right? So if you could then go to another broker and he's going to shop for you as well, you think you're doing your good due diligence and finding the best options as possible. You go to another broker and if they're any good, they're going to go to these same markets. You know, they might have one or two other carriers that they have a good relationship that I didn't go to. But for the most part, like I said, there's, there's only so few carriers that are willing to write multifamily. If they try to go and shop, I've already got it all blocked. So there's not much they can do. Um, so usually the best bet is to find a broker that you, that you know, knows what they're doing in, in this multifamily space, trust that they're gonna go to all the right carriers and let them shop for you. you you're doing your due diligence by finding that great broker um, and that's your due diligence and then let them do their job and go shop for you uh, to find the best options. Now, once you've, kind of been established already in this apartment for several years and you shop it every year. Well, yes, carriers do talk. Um, and what they'll say is to each other, Hey, this, this guy, he shops every year. Um, just, just letting you know. Right. And basically that's telling the carriers that you're not, um, well, they, I they would rather have someone that is, you know, stable and, and likes to stay in one place. Good. But not to mean, I mean, we shop all the time. No, this is, this is good because 
you know, if you have just say, you know, 50 unit, 100 unit uh, complex and you're shopping just for that one complex over and over, mm -hmm. I can see that. But let's say you're growing, right? And you have, mm -hmm. you know, another 100 or so this year. So now you're thinking about doing a blanket policy. You know, you, you're mm -hmm. getting some legal or some accounting device to say, I want to be able to cover all of these. Because a lot of times when we get pro formas, right, we'll get these pro formas where the insurance is nine thousand but yeah. literally it's twenty six thousand yeah. when you're going to go shopping. All time. Yeah. It's an umbrella policy and that's the reason why there's a am I correct in saying this? Let me make sure I'm correct in saying this. It generally is an umbrella policy because they're covering all of their units or all of their properties, not just that one property. And the right. reason why it's so high is you're covering just that one property. So you yeah. I mean, so, and is that a problem if I'm every year as I'm growing, I've increased 100 units. I now need to figure out what's the best for all of my units, not just for this one property. Right. So uh, the umbrella, the, the, the theory you have is correct. Umbrella, I would not use because umbrella coverage is um, would be excess coverage. So if you're talking to an insurance person talking about umbrella, they would think of something else. Uh, you know, umbrella coverage is going to increase your liability limits. But as far as covering more than one property, uh, you're right. And what we do is we try to put all of our properties on um, a, a carrier with a program. And that program is going to include, you know, hundreds of different apartment complexes within that. And they kind of all share this pool of liability. And these apartments are spread out all across the United States in all different sizes okay. that'll lower your premiums um, because you're kind of sharing that risk. Uh, and, and so that's, that's, what, that's the word you're looking for is that program coverage. Uh, okay. That's including not just your properties, but a whole bunch of other people's properties as well. And so, you know, we're, we're, if you increase your unit size and you buy another one, that doesn't mean that we need to find um, a new option. Okay. We can just as easy add it on to what you have, or we'll shop as well to see if there's a, a better option for you know that that situation, that geographic area, or the age of the apartment, and things like that. Um, a lot of times, you get a renewal back, and maybe it did increase. Um, <laughs> lately, a lot of them have increased. That doesn't necessarily that mean that you need to change, right? Depending on the increase, we'll look at the percentage, and man, it went up ten percent. That, that's actually pretty good, right? Um, we can go shop, but you're not going to find any. We just know. We, you we know, know you're not going to find much better than that. Um, well, however, there are cases. I talked to a gentleman yesterday, um, and his uh, insurance increased 51%. And so now he's shopping for sure. And then so, so in those cases, yeah, we're going to shop for you every year uh, so to find good. you the best option. But to your point, if every single year and in the middle of the year you're just trying to find something different you know first of all as a broker i kind of don't want your business because you you're not you're not really following the the correct system and what you want to do uh, you have no um, allegiance to me because right. you could leave for somebody else anytime um this is based on price sort of yeah different. and usually you're those people are trying to do kind of shady things um not not talk about the i don't know the dangerous railing that they have on their staircase and they're not oh. trying to do this they're making a shady claim here or there and then they're trying to shop around to hide from those kind of lies um and and that's one thing that carriers will talk about 
Um, yeah. So that's, no, that's, I, I get that. But I guess I'm still trying to trying to understand then, you know, uh, the difference between someone who has, you know, again, on a pro forma, you know, you get, you know, our insurance is at, you know, 9,000. And then yeah. I get a quote and it's at 26,000. Yeah. Your additional writers that were added on to, to, to justify that $17,000 jump, were they in a different program? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand yeah. so I can, you know. It's, it's, it's a great question. And so um, we see a lot of performance um, and, and you've sent me plenty as well. Um, and, and by the way, for, for your listeners, what, what I do that's a little unique is you've got a property that you're looking to submit an LOI on. You're trying right. to get your numbers together. You've got a pro forma in here. Um, like John said, that, that has an insurance number there. You plug that in. That's not necessarily what the insurance rates are nowadays. And there's a few reasons for it. So you send me that information from that property. Usually what I'll need is rent roll T12 um, and the offering memorandum. If you have it, just send me as much info as you can on the property. And what I'll do is I'll do a, a working indication of what the insurance should cost you in that geographic area for that age of the apartment. How long does that normally rates take? at this time? How, how long does that normally take? Um, if you send it to me, depending on what's going on, I can usually get it to you within about an hour. Um, and it, 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 it doesn't take too much time for me. Um, and I, I appreciate doing it. I do it for free. You're probably going to send me 10 before you actually get one under contract. And I'm fine with that. Um, we've been doing this for so long that a lot of these complexes you're looking at, we've either insured before, um, our current client is, is in it and trying to sell it. Um, or, I've already done indications for it and it's already ready to go anyways because uh, other investors are looking at it as well. So I like doing it because it gets me on stays. It keeps me on top of the game of what's going on in those areas. Right. Um, sometimes I can give you more insight than, than, you know, uh, a few months ago, somebody asked for an indication uh, on a property here in DFW. I sent them what their annual premium should look like. And I told them, Oh, I've, I've also adjusted it. It's a little bit higher because of the fire that happened a month ago. And they, they emailed me back saying, Oh, there was a fire. I said, there sure was. And so, so sometimes we can um, give you a little more clues uh, than you might, you know, might have off that pro forma. Back to the pro forma, we have seen insurance rates that are nowhere near close to what they actually are. And there's a exactly. couple of reasons. One would be, they're going off of insurance costs, first of all, from a year ago, and they've changed. We've seen some rates in there that are flat out made up. I don't even know where they got it. Uh, they're probably using, I, I guess the selling broker's thinking, oh, it's, it's around 250 a door. We'll just do it like that. Um, we've seen some that just include property coverage. Well, what about the general liability, the umbrella? What if you need flood? Those aren't in there, so that increases it by you know $20,000 or whatever it is. Um, and, and then some of them could be on a huge big program that it's very hard to get into. You have to be part of a huge, um, property management group to even get access to it. Uh, some we don't have access to, you just have to be part of that management program, uh, to have it. Um, so th there's a lot of reasons for it. And, and that's why it's so important, John, to you know what you're getting into, you know, you, uh, 
and it's easy. Just email me the information and I'll give you a ballpark figure of what the insurance cost should be uh, in this market. And usually I'm within about $5,000. Uh, I try to be as conservative as possible on it as well. Uh, that way, when we do get you a live quote after it's under contract, and it's $5,000 less, well, that, that's awesome. Now you can buy that playground or whatever you're planning to do. Exactly. Um, but at least you budgeted for it, right? And your lender's going to want to know a number as well. And if you send that lender $9,000 when it's $25,000, well, that throws off everything, right? And so you want to make sure that it's right. Um, and also when you're talking to your partners, it makes sense too, because you can say, we've you know sent this off to JT, here right. is the insurance quote. We've, we've talked to the county as it relates to the purchase of this property. Here's what the new taxes are going to yep. be. Because generally those two things um, happen to be the biggest things that I think that throw people off um, mm -hmm. in terms of numbers because they're estimated. Yep. Um, the, other, the other one is probably property management, but that's based on how you plan on managing the property, whether or not right. you're going to have on-site on staff or if you're going to just be managing it remotely. Um, right. Yeah. So here's here's my uh, here's my disclaimer on on my indications. Okay, go for it. Um, they are working indications. I don't have loss runs, right? That's usually not provided to the buyer until after it's under contract. That's I don't know necessarily. Yeah, I don't know necessarily if there was an assault there yesterday. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I can just like anybody else look at Google and see you know crime rates and stuff uh, within the area, but. Without those loss runs, I don't know if there was a fire last year, uh, and that could greatly affect the premium. So there's times when I've, you know, I've told people, hey, uh, the insurance is going to be twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars. Now we go and dig into it. It's an older property built in the '60s. It's got aluminum wiring. Uh, yeah. Someone was murdered there last year. Right. Um, that's greatly going to throw off my indication. So. Right. By, by no means am I going to be exact on everything, but at least it gives you a good ballpark in normal circumstances, right? So we've been talking for quite a while here, and uh, I've been- Seems like we just got on. <laughs> I know, I, and, I'm, and I'm perfectly fine with going this far, but I, I want to give, um, you know, kind of like as a, a rounding, a last question, and then of course open it up to you to be able to uh, say how we can get in contact with you and anything else you want to share. But my question is, you know, with respect to insurance, I'm, I'm going to go to a broker, you know, they may want to work with you, they may want to work with someone else. What am I looking for in terms of, you know, an insurance quote? When someone quotes me back, Oh, it's going to be twenty six thousand. How do I know that I have all the you know proper riders? We've talked about two of them here that you need to have flood insurance, and you should do uh, something as it relates to renters insurance, whether or not you have it as a part of your policy or whether or not you get your renters to do. Yeah. You also talked about you know in passing. I think you said general liability coverage. Mm -hmm. You talked about umbrella uh, coverage, and what are some of the other things that I should have as a good policy for multifamily yeah so for 90 percent of the um of the properties that we we write most of the time you're not going to need flood insurance uh, and you'll know you know we look up on a fema flood map of the uh elevations and things like that it, it you know you might not be that by the coast or lake um but you could be by a, a spillway or small creek or something like that so maybe we look into it um but 90 percent of the time what you're going to need is property coverage and that is the bulk of your premium, by the way. It is covering the actual property. And what that means is uh, for your, your hail damage, um, did a 
car run into a side of the building, you know, things like that to cover the property. The second part is general liability. And that's going to think slips, slip and falls. Think um, something that you're liable for on your property that hurts somebody. Um, that's going to cover you for lawsuits. Fannie Mae usually requires a $2 million limit for your general liability. Right. Then what comes in is an umbrella policy or an excess policy. Usually we'll write up to um, $5 million for that. And so if you're in a lawsuit and they sue you for more than a million or two million, that's when that umbrella kicks in to cover you for more liability. The umbrella is actually uh, the least expensive part of it. And um, it's, it's great to know that that's there and it'll be a Fannie Mae requirement as well. So yeah. property, general liability. And two or three times the value of the property or something like that umbrella or yeah it's usually based off of unit size okay and so it depends on how many units are uh property coverage however i'm glad you brought this up property coverage is based off of um square footage and so i know a lot of people have this number in their head which which is good for what you're trying to just ballpark figures you know it's it's 300 dollars a door and it's going to be different in every geographic area in every situation. But also remember, if, if I gave you a, a quote for a property here uh, on one side of the street and on the other, you know, you're thinking, well, he, he told me it's $300 door, but on across the street, you tell me it's $350 a door. Right. Well, remember, it's not based off a door. It's based off a of square footage. The one across the street that's higher per door could have a much bigger square footage. Uh, it could have um, larger apartment sizes or it could have like a large gym and workout facility and things like that that yeah, increases yeah. the square footage mm -hmm. and now it's more per, per door, but actually the same rate per square foot. So, Got it. Well, how do people get in contact with you to, to learn more about you, to connect with you, to network with you, uh, to get you to maybe quote not only multifamily, but some other stuff? Yeah. How do you get in contact with you? Uh, the easiest way is by email at jtlynch, L-Y-N-C-H, at ramyking.com. That's R-A-M-E-Y-K-I-N-G.com. Um, that's the easiest way. And, and like I said before, you know, I, I, I love what I do. I love providing uh, insurance and, and, you know, I'm an investor as well. So when, when you finally get something under contract, I'm, I'm genuinely excited and happy for you. I know how much hard work that goes into it. I know how much... Um, it's a life changer uh, yeah. for you and your family and your team. Um, and not to mention your, 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 your kids, your, your grandkids, you know, th yeah. this is creating generational wealth and it, it's a huge step um, for your whole family. So, you know, I, I love to be involved with all that. And um, even more, I love to give back um, as far as providing networking opportunities or even other vendors that may be able to help out uh, attorneys, water conservation, uh, cost segregation, things like that. I'd, I'd be happy to share my network um, with you. So yeah, get in touch with me anytime. Uh, like I said, some people are kind of hesitant to send me properties they're looking at, uh, but I, I will do 10 indications before you, you close on one. So I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about it. Just send me so what you got and I'd be happy to help. They're hesitant because they think that you may steal it and give it to someone else? No, I think they're hesitant because they don't want to bug me. You know, they think, yeah. God, I've sent this guy 26 properties. He's probably <laughs> thinking, yeah, just pull the trigger. You know, what are you doing? You're wasting my time. That, that's really not it. Um, I've got a whole file of, of properties I've done indications on. 
if it's something and I haven't seen before, yeah, you're just adding to the file, you know, yeah. eventually I'll have all the apartments in the United States and we'll keep it up to date. So really you're, you're doing me a favor by keeping me on my game. Um, and, and I love to help you out, you know, and I'm going to check back with you in a, in a week or two to see how it's going. Um, lend some advice if I can. And, um, before I leave, I, I will tell you this carriers are going to be, um, very picky nowadays. Wow. Uh, we've seen some carriers that uh, they will not write properties in DFW that are built before 1990. Um, they've, they've just decided to make a cutoff. And a big thing right now is properties that were built between 1960 and 1980, there was a copper shortage and they started using aluminum wiring. Aluminum wiring, when it hits a, um, you know, an outlet or a light switch, that's where it gets real hot and it's actually caused a lot of fires. Uh, there's ways to fix it, um, multiple ways. One of the easiest is uh, aluminum and copper pigtailing, which I'd be happy to discuss more with uh, anybody that's interested. Um, the other thing is uh, these Federal Pacific, they're called stab lock panels, like breaker boxes. Yeah. Those are very dangerous as well. And so carriers, um, they won't, a lot, some of them won't ride it, some of them will write it, but they have to make sure that you have a plan in place uh, to be able to fix that as soon as you uh, acquire the property. Yeah. So those are things to look out for. Uh, the other things are simple that, you know, it seems like a no brainer, but sometimes I'll ask uh, property owners, well, how old is your roof? And they don't know. It's like, you, you know, every single dime that's coming out of that from rent to, to laundry to all that, but you don't know how old the roof is, right? So little things like that, just keep your, you know, take your eyes off of the spreadsheet for a little bit. Take a look at the actual property. Um, how old is the roof? Are you going to need to replace the, the pipes anytime soon? You know, that's a huge cost. Um, different things like that. Do do a little bit more due diligence because yeah, carriers are going to want to know. Bring you back because I have a whole conversation around due diligence and making uh -huh. sure that the indication that we have, you know, that we wind up you know, that, that we're, we're operating from is actually going to, you know, turn into something that's more viable. Can we get some of that information now, you know, as we're doing, you know, the LOI conversation before we get into contract so we understand what those real numbers are and makes it, I think, it easier for everyone else potentially. So I think we're going to definitely bring you back for... Yeah, I'd be happy to, yeah. <laughs> so listen, um, thank you so much, JT, for, again, everything that you've meant to the team that we're building here and... Um, for the uh, the connections that you're making for us and uh, hopefully we can make some additional connections for you and your team and yeah, uh, that'd be great. Our business as well. So thanks again, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Bye.